Hello, my lovely listeners. Just before we dive into today's episode with Nick, a quick reminder again about the Queer Student Awards. Uh, nominations are now open and close on the 14th of May. And there are lots of categories there for students, employers, universities, schools and colleges. So go and check them out at thequeerstudentawards.co.uk and follow us on Instagram at thequeerstudentawards. Enjoy the show. There's actually a photo of me as a child in um, the mirror with a roll-on bottle, like presenting my own show. And I always had that passion to be on television or present and I always want. I feel like I, I always feel like I wanted to show the world something different because Trinidad and Tobago isn't very much known for as doing stuff. Like the only thing they're known for is like for the carnival and the music and Nicki Minaj and stuff like that. But they don't really know for someone who is, you know, out and part of the LGBTQ plus community. When it comes to your career, there really is no one formula for success. And if someone had asked me 20 years ago what career I would be working in today, I doubt I would have said employer branding, a career that didn't even exist at the time. Some of the best stories I've ever heard didn't follow a plan. They simply embraced the journey. And that's why I've created this podcast, to share the many career stories that have shaped the people behind them, and to encourage future generations to trust more in the process instead of stressing over getting it right the first time. I'm Steve, and welcome to the My Career Story Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the My Career Story Podcast with me, your host, Steve Keith. Now, today's guest is Gadio presenter, Nick Charles. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? I'm not bad, thank you. Yourself? I'm brilliant. Excellent. So, a bit about Nick. So, born and raised on the island of Trinidad and Tobago and state school educated, Nick, 32, moved to London over 10 years ago, fleeing persecution of sexuality. In the last five years, Nick has been working in media, film and broadcasting, holding positions at Gay Times magazine, Celeb Mix and This Radio, before recently landing his dream job as a presenter on Manchester's famous Gadio. Nick is currently studying media and communication with film and visual culture at Liverpool Hope University to further his career in the media industry. Nick has a passion for equality after his start in life and so decided to use his platform to highlight issues within the BAME and LGBTQ community. This came to fruition in the form of his podcast, The 802, co-hosted with one of his closest friends, Dan. The 802 touches on the common issues of equality, race and acceptance, with an ecstatic and positive spin and features guests from all over the world and various walks of life. So, Mr. Charles, what is your career story? Oh my God, where do I start? Um, So, you're, you know what? It's always so interesting when someone have to read back your bio, like, who the, who the hell is it talking about? And it's mad because it's actually me, it's crazy. Um, So, my story is a little bit interesting. So, um, I grew up in a lovely little village in Trinidad. Um, I was the, I am the second of, second of five kids yeah so I'm, I come from a really really big family and the un- interesting thing is I'm the only one who actually went to university because um I grew up quite on like just under the the borderline of being like um poor so for me for be going to university in a different country like you can imagine my grandmom is like oh my god amazing scary um so it's really nice when whenever they see that whenever they hear um I'm accomplishing stuff they're like oh my god who who is this grandchild because I was very much like from a young age 
I always had a passion for. Um, there's, a, there's actually a photo of me as a child in um, the mirror with a roll-on bottle, like presenting my own show. And I always had that passion to be on television or present. And I always want, I feel like, I, I always feel like I wanted to show the world something different because Trinidad and Tobago isn't very much known for like, like being known on as doing stuff. Like the only thing they're known for is like for the carnival and the music and Nicki Minaj and stuff like that. But they don't really know for someone who is, you know, out and part of the LGBTQ plus community. They have one person. They they do have. You, do you watch Pose? Yeah, I do. So Electra is from Tobago, the other island. Dominique. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> so it's so it's like so. I just thought. I always said to myself, I want to wake up one morning and I want to see myself on the on the TV, inspiring others. So my story comes. My story started from me moving across here. I started to um. I always wanted to work in journalism, but I never, I never had the tools and the right skill set to get it started. So, when I moved to London, I did. Um, I said, I said, I did an internship at Gay Times, and it was that for me. That was the moment where I realized this is why I wanted to do. And in that internship, it was very much fast. It was a very fast environment because I, I moved from a country which is very much like slow and laid back, and now I'm in the middle of London in one of the biggest LGBTQ plus publication office, like sitting down. And it's very much like Devil is Prada. It's just like everyone have their coffee at the desk. It's very structured. It was like, I was like, oh my God. And I, I was scared because I, now just imagine this is like 21 year old me, like scared, but oh well, we move. And then um, I I always, so then I met Lee, who was my, um, my line manager at Gay Times. He works at BBC Three now, I think. Lovely guy. Um, and he said to me in a conversation, he was like, you, he's like, you have that. He said something about you that I feel like there's a fire. And I feel like if you just keep that burning, you're, you're going to go far. Now, he said this to me. And I will tell you, on my second day of my internship, and our friendship has always been great from then. So then after, he, I saw, I was on Facebook one day. Um, no, I lie, I lie. I got the opportunity to um, to interview Jinx Monsoon from Drag Race when she I, won back then. And for me, that was like, I literally had my, my little tape recorder, got sent to an office, and it was like, this, is my, this was my, my fourth day of my internship. And I'm like, oh my God. And I was really scared and worried. But you're interviewing a big, someone who's hot off the press, winning one of the biggest drag queen show in the world. Like... And I had to like sit down. And what I did was, I did my research was, I went through, Instagram wasn't a big thing back then. It was just, just starting to kick off. And I like went through like her Twitter, her YouTube page and stuff like that to build information. And then from there, I structured the questions around that. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And she, and I was, and at the end of the interview, I was saying, um, I don't want to, hold on. Let me, let me not misgender. I think Jinx Manchun is non-binary now so i'm gonna say day i think i might be wrong but i remember she was then but now day so they were really lovely to me i was just a really really um a really really great um interview and then that was it i just um i then went on to uh i had my own radio show at east london radio um which is another funny story because I was sitting, <laughs> I was sitting having a drink uh, in Soho right. and I 
was speaking to a guy at the bar whose name was Aaron McAllister. And I was speaking to him and he was like, he was, because he was in my group with the other people from Gay Times, afternoon drinks, stuff like that. And Aaron goes, uh, Nick, what do you want to do and stuff? And I was like, oh, well, you know, you know, my, 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 my idea, I want to be a presenter, stuff like that. He was like, oh, do you? He's like, well, I run a radio store. And I was like, radio station. I was like, what do you? He's like, yeah, he's on the radio. So he was like, do you want to tr- come try out for, you know, do a little radio training and see how you get on? And I was like, mm, yeah, great. Now, this is me in my head. I'm like, I don't, because back then, my Trinidad accent was so strong and so thick. Like, you honestly couldn't understand me. I had to, like, slow down the way. I still speak fast now. But you can imagine me having this fresh off the boat Trinidad accent that thick. It's like, no one wants to hear that on the radio. No one. So I was like, God, go on then. So I went and I did my audition and I got through. It was lovely and stuff. And then I met a girl called Mel. Mel introduced me, though that same night, how things work. Mel was like, we have a house party, come over, yada, yada, yada. That same party is when I met Dan for the first time 10 years ago. How crazy is that? And since then, and then, so then he, we, and him, we, continue being friends and we're just we just we never it's interesting thing we've never had an argument to this day apart from like podcasty stuff but that was it and then I moved from then I was like I did a few shows for Ethan on the radio and I really enjoyed it and then I was like mm, London is too expensive for me <laughs> I need to go I need to move I need to move so um so of course I had to leave I had to leave the radio behind because that then we didn't have remote I think the remoting from home to do radio wasn't a thing back then so that was like okay well you know and I was sad I was like I'm gonna leave it behind moved up moved up to Manchester and um, I started working for a ticketing company Ticketmaster brilliant loved loved it um and uh my radio my radio career and writing kind of like just went out the window because there was nothing uh there was it was hard because because when you move up north, you know, far back London has so much opportunities for, you know, the media world. But when you move up north, they didn't have the media city just yet. They didn't have BBC, stuff like that. So it was just very much like a very niche thing. So you were either going to work for a community radio station or a newspaper. There was no big opportunities. So I was like, okay, well, it was nice. I can leave this behind. Podcasting wasn't even a thing back then. It was just like, e- I'll tell you what was a thing back then, ebooks audiobooks was just starting to kick off there was nothing like so of course I was like well I'm not gonna like write read an audiobook that's boring anyway so that happened and read a lot of audiobooks to life to be honest yeah I was well I was thinking well I was thinking I was looking for jobs where I could like write like like narrate a uh audiobook and there was none going so oh well so then that happened so then I, I threw that out the door and that was fine and then um I ended up working for Celeb Mix, um, writing for them and stuff, and that that didn't re- that did really really well. And um, I so at that time I think I was working for a marketing company, and um, uh, every time my stomach just growled. <laughs> I was like, why am I? I was like, why is this dog? I was like, in my stomach. Um, yeah. So basically, um, they I was working for a really a marketing company and stuff, and um, I it was just on the back end of me attending the Ariana Grande show when that happened, and I was really much like in a place where my my brain was all over the place, and I was mentally in a good place, and I was just like, all my all my all my my plans 
for that year was just thrown out the window and I was like, whatever. So I tried to, so I thought maybe if I, I'm already with this company and they have a media, they have a media job where they offer you, the, they offer you stuff to be presented and stuff. And every single time I tried to move up the ladder, they were like, you're not good enough. You don't have a degree. Yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, but I have the skill set and I have the, they're like, no, you're just not good enough. And that for me was my turning point where I was like, I am sick of this. Cause I had, I had, I had that happen to me so many times prior to this job where every single time I try to move up or try to do something, I had door shut in my face, people saying, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. And you know, you see it, you hear it all the time when people say not good enough. And you, you, you see it in like television shows and stuff. And you always see that person have like that winning moment where that's like, I'll show you. That's exactly what it was. And I woke up one day and I was like, right, I don't have a degree. I don't have anything apart from my GCSEs. And I really want to get my act together to, you know, take the media world. I'm going to get this done. So I was working and making at least like maybe... 2,500 pounds a month and the job was really, really good. Enjoyed it. Love it. And then I decided I really want to study. So I did some research and I found a course offering a higher education course and access course to media and creative writing. And I was like, okay, I can do this. So I, I went and I got it. Well, interesting thing. I almost didn't get on the course because they were like, mm, it's kind of full now. We're, we're already like a week, two weeks in. There's like, can you handle it? And I was like, yeah, fine. So there's like, okay, cool. You start next week. And I was like, oh, oh okay. So I now have to go to my manager. So I was like, uh, yeah, so um, I'm doing like a college course now. And they're like, oh, okay. But how does that work for us? I was like, well, I could only start work at four o'clock in the No, this company, this marketing company, they used to do a lot of stuff for online businesses abroad. So I could have worked until midnight. So imagine, so there was like, oh, well, you're going to have to just do late from four till 12 every day. And I was like, wow, I really have to do this right, huh? And I was like, right, Nick, this is the way you want. You're going to make a sacrifice. And then I just realized, then after two, three months in, I realized I can't do this anymore. I can't, I need to, I need to really, and I, and I turned, so I was, I had a, I had a partner back at that moment. So uh, we were just buying a house so I was like right cool well we're gonna have to make some changes here and I decided to step back from this really good role and I went from making 2,500 pounds to at least 400 pounds a month working at a gym on reception so that for me was a massive deal because then I was like oh and if you if you know anyone might know when you have to really sacrifice money in that way when you know you have so much going on because your your life has already been set around the money you make a month and when you have to then have to revert back to making less you have to throw everything away like I wasn't even seeing my friends for dinners anymore like I'll be like oh you can come over I'll cook for you kind of thing because I was just like poor luckily at that time my partner was like okay well we're buying this house you could look you just pay this amount of money a month you know towards a mortgage fine cool I was like yes great cool so I did so then I did my college course and it went really really well and then I got accepted to college I'm accepted to university um in Liverpool to do my current course now and I was like great the day I got accepted (laughs) the day I got accepted my ex and I broke up 
literally, I was reading, reading my acceptance letter. And he was like, um, yeah, I think this relationship isn't working anymore. And I was like, oh, is it? Okay, great. I was like, you have just stolen my moment because you know how much this means to me. I was like, oh God. But it was a, it was, uh, it was a good thing in the end because I found out he was seeing someone else and he was still married and a lot of things came out in the dark. And I was like, right, this is where I have to, this is where I have to just disembark and just leave. And he actually gave me three days to move out as well. Three days after we've been together for so long. I was like, you are not, you're just, uh, anyway, we move, life goes on. So I went from living um, in Greater Manchester to Liverpool and then I got a job here and stuff and um, still didn't have anything going for me apart from doing my course. But I thought, you know what, um, I'm now a student in one of the nicest cities in the UK. I am happy with that. Um, and then um, I had a radio station um, from at my, my, my university, which was um, called This Radio. And they were like, Nick, well, I went one day, you know, me being curious as per usual. I was like, hey, so you have any vacancies going? And they were like, yeah, we do. There's like, can you do this? There's like um, stuff. And I was like, yeah, great, cool, whatever. So um, Michael, who was the guy at this radio station, lovely guy, he showed me bits and pieces. And then he was like, right, do this, do this. And then I did it. And it was it was really good. And then at the end of first year, into second year, they closed the radio station down because of funding. Great, great. So what, what, and this is no offense to my university, but you've literally have put all the money into the rugby team that's not winning any, any matches and you close down the radio station. <sighs> Hope University, I love you, but you could have done better. But you know, we move, life goes on. Honestly, I actually have, I, I need to have a conversation with them about this because I said to them the other day, I was like, now that you see what I am doing, I hope you give, I hope you give the funding to the radio station now because that could like that was my opportunity and you you know you know it just happens so um now in my final year university and um earlier last year um so then after that radio station closed down I was like right that's it done that's it you know because you have so much doors and so much of your your passion just fall apart you're like those stuff really like really like knocks your confidence and it, you think to yourself do I really want to want to you know stay on this journey because setbacks really do put you in a place where you're like nah I don't want to do this and then when you when you know in a in a community that is very much very small the me the, me, the media world is very small when it comes to jobs and you, you might know it's very small and you have to really really push hard and really work through your own head and your own thoughts because imposter syndrome could snap in like that Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just don't want to do it anymore. And um, I, so then last year, um, September, um, I had a message from uh, a friend from Gadio. Actually, no, stop. Let me, let me, let me review that quickly. I just remembered something that I totally missed out and I will get killed because it's one of my, it's my baby and Dan will kill me. Um, me and Dan, <laughs> this is what happens. I just, this is what happens when I, when I just roll on, roll up the bus. Um, your first argument now. <laughs> yeah um exactly that would have just you know be the catalyst just destroy us um i remember um so me and dan always had like a lot to say and we always had a lot of views and i remember we just always wanted a, a podcast and we're like can you make this happen and i was like dan i just don't have the time and he was like yeah true and then 
when lockdown happened last year, March, I turned to him and I was like, right, we have the time. Let's do it. We researched starting the podcast maybe three days. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we recorded our first episode. Um, and the reason why it's called the 802 podcast is because there is a coach that leaves from Liverpool, stops in Manchester, and the the last um the, the last destination is London. So we thought the 802 podcast will be perfect because that coach connects three places that we all that we all live london manchester liverpool and i was like this is perfect amazing i've now, always what that was yeah exactly oh people always act the way it was and that's that's how the magic happens and since then we that that has really really you know it's interesting because the national express that owns the 802 that uh, the that runs the 802 service they actually reached out to us a couple months back saying hi so we listened to your podcast and we heard that you know your the number inspired us and we you know we we keeping an eye on you we're like oh thank you so that's fun um and then so then me and dan um we started like doing this podcast every week and it just got really well. And I was like, Dan, right. I think let's, let's see if you could bring in some guests. And I, I, I was, I'm followed by a lot of people. And I thought, right, let me use my social media accounts to really push this into where it needs to go. So I just literally started reaching out to everybody. I, I thought might be interested. It might be cool. I'm doing stuff. And I thought, let me pick the right, let me, let me choose the right people or let us do the right things. Because I thought maybe if we highlight stuff like, Black Lives Matter, um, trans life, remembrance, inclusion, um, equality. We thought if we get the right guest to build this up, it isn't about being known for it. It's more like shining light on a community because the problem is what I personally think, there are not much brown voices being amplified. And we want it to be, you know, not a catalyst to start it, but at least be one of the forefront for one of, one of the people walking in the right way to say, right, let's pave a path for someone because our mission statement is to have fun, but also to shed light on stuff that people, you know, want to hear and listen to. And when we first started, it was just meant to be a conversation with me and Dan. We had no plans for guests. We had no plans for an extra episode on a Friday. There was none of that. It was just like, we're going to have an episode every Tuesday, done, deal, done. We had, we had no, we had no, no, nothing. We, it was just like, no plan, no structure. And now we're literally almost like, um, we're literally almost maybe a year in and we've had loads of guests. We'd have people, it's a podcast. And I've, 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 apart from like having a lot of feedback and stuff, I have pissed a few people off. I have pissed a few people off, especially drag queens. I can't say any names, but there's a lot of drag queens that hate me because I'm very vocal about what I think. But as per usual, you're, oh, you're never going to, you're, when you're saying the things that, when you express your views in the right way, you're not, you're not, not everyone is going to be happy. That's a fact. And opinions are, opinions are meant to be something that engages conversation. If you don't like my opinion, that's not my fault. That's a you problem, not me. So that's that. But, you know, we move. I didn't, and it's interesting. I was thinking to myself, I was like, I didn't say anything bad. All I said was like, I didn't like a like this this person's approach to something and they were like oh well I don't like you either and I was like you're picking this personal this was me saying because you're you're on a show that you you are on a of a platform where you are either being seen as a villain or 
someone else. And if I think that you might, and don't get me wrong, later on as the show progressed, I thought, oh my God, you're amazing. But I was like, I can't believe you're going to hate me for making a statement because you thought I hate you for this one thing. Sorry, but you're on a platform and you know people are going to have opinions. And I feel like it's not, and it wasn't even about, it wasn't even about canceling said person. It was more like, I didn't like you in an episode. Doesn't mean I don't like you for the rest of it. But you know, but I, I thought to myself, where where does the where does where does the the conversation begin? Because if I can't have a, if I can't have an opinion about you, if you're on something that I am watching for my entertainment, you're doing you're on the wrong show because you everyone knows television shows or anything are meant to play your emotions, and if I feel an emotion at that right time, and I voice it in a way that isn't throwing hate to you, it's just saying I didn't like something that is that's an, that's an opinion that i felt at that moment it's not something i hold forever and i'm more and more i'm starting to see that happen a lot a lot a lot i think to myself where are we where are we honestly where are we going with this if we can't have it but then again it all comes back to us being wrapped up in this cocoon where we're just stuck and the second that something just comes here like oh it's like everyone's about to go crazy and wolf and it's like can you please stop but you know we move so that's that and um yeah so that's the 802 and we we apart from that little thing with with me not with dan with me personally but it's fine um apart from that we we love it and it's honestly every single episode we have and we sit down and we we talk just like this and it's it's nice because um what one thing we one thing i and dan don't do is we we talk to each other, but we don't, we try not to talk to each other close to the podcast. So then we have so much to say. And it's sad because it's changed our friendship a little bit because it's like, I can't, I can't call him and be like, oh my God. He's like, no, Nick, save it, save it. I was like, no. So it's like, that's the only thing that really changes. Don't get me wrong. If it's really important, of course, we could talk. But sometimes when he's like, no, that's content, stop. And I was like, oh, damn it. So it does change us a little bit, but it's fine. We move. We love it. And then, so that's the back of the, that's the 802. And then the back of the bus, which is on our Fred episode, is where we ask people to send in all their nitty gritty kind of like fat agony and kind of questions. It's really of a sexual nature, most of them. But it's nice because we've now given the, the, the listeners the serious episode on a Wednesday where we're like very opinionated and strong. And Friday's like, you laid back and you have a chat and you just laugh and it's good. And so you get to see, so what we wanted, we wanted, we wanted people to see a different side of how we work as a dynamic, because mm-hmm. when we have to be serious, we are very opinionated, but when it's time to, you know, have a laugh, it's, it's, it's honestly the best thing. So that's where those, that's why there's two episodes every week and people are always like, what's going on? How are you like strong this day? And yeah, they are having a laugh about someone sleep with someone in a bin, but that's how it goes sometimes that's how it goes so that's that and then so then september last year i had a message from uh, my friend uh, matt from gayo and fun fact um back in 2018 i actually had dinner with matt and i was like because he was he um we used to live in london the same time he moved up to north as well and um i was like we haven't done that stuff and i was like he's like what do you want to do what's your plan i was like well i really want to be a presenter and have my own show yeah he's like okay cool and then we never spoke about it before after and i just thought we we're just having a conversation and passing little did i know that he kept that little nugget of information and stored in his brain and yeah. then when he thought it was the right time for me to enter into gadio he was like right this is i think you should audition He's like, come and give us like a, a thing. And I was like, um, 
Uh, and I was like, oh, God, a pilot show. God. And I was freaking out for hours. I called and I was like, I don't know how to do this. What's going to happen? And I was like, because sometimes when I, whenever things go wrong, I just call Dan because we had, we have that kind of friend that's like, help me. What's going on? So um, that happened. Oh, and then. Did he say, wait, we need some cut for content? No, he, <laughs> just, he, he, he just, he was like, I'll call it later kind of thing. Because Dan's always busy. He's one of those people. Um, so I was like, yeah, fine. So I went to do my pilot show and then lockdown two happened. And I was like, oh God, that is it. Done. Now again, again, done, dusted, whatever. I was like, right, fine. And then um, he called me. He's like, can I speak to you? Yada, yada. No, I'm just thinking, oh God, he's going to be like, sorry, we have to cancel your show. He's like, how do you feel about doing, um, I'm just going to put my lights on. He's like, how do you feel about um, covering for over Christmas? And I was like, oh yeah, sweet. So he's like, okay, well, you have two shows, two Sundays, do whatever you want with it. It's going to be fun. I was like, right. No, this is me. I literally stayed up for nights on ends. Couldn't sleep because I was having anxiety about, right. This is my big debut because the thing is, Gadio, I didn't, Gadio is like the biggest LGBTQ plus content in, I think, Europe, I think. And um, so for them to, you know, really have me on their station, it was good. And it was good because that moment for me, that was very diversifying the station, which was a big thing for them as well so i was like right this i am about to join them and i thought my thought myself right nick you have to smash this you really have to go for go there because it's your moment and my friend my I, in my head i'm thinking who's gonna actually look and listen to me it's two days after christmas no one's gonna be online i was wrong steve i was wrong i was wrong the second i posted it i was doing that i saw my social media lit up like fire and i was like really people interested and, and then and you were one of the people that listened to it as well and then when i saw people tagging me in all these posts on instagram and twitter my heart was just like whoa and you could imagine that for me was like i clearly must be doing something right here and i was like fine cool and it really was something because it was nice to have someone brand new in the radio and everyone know like no one knew that i had this passion so for them they were like oh my god this is this is this is actually happening and i cried i will be very honest i did have a moment where i was like i can't know what's happening because people something people don't know i'm a very emotional person and i i hide it very well because sometimes like the other day when i when i shared a picture of me being grateful and stuff i was actually crying before i post a picture and my mom was like you look like you're crying weren't you i was like i know so I'm a big softy at heart. I mean, this, is a, this is a very hard shell on the outside, but inside I'm a baby. But know their children very Yeah, yeah they, they do indeed. And I was like, all right, cool, whatever, mom. Um, and then uh, that was it. And then I did my two shows and I got a lot of feedback and stuff from people. So they really enjoyed it. And I thought, well, okay, that's great. <sighs> Fine. And then uh, it was back to January and I was like, well, you know, uh, he then he was like um, he's like well I'm gonna cross the T's and dot the I's and you know hope for the best. He's like well thanks for everything. I'm like yeah great. It's me thinking yeah that's it we're done you know. Lo and behold I got a phone call uh, saying hey can I speak to you? I'm like yeah go on then. This is my, no this is me. I already had it in my brain. Played it cool like yeah right. No no this actually no I didn't. I I had I had it in my head well this is where he's gonna say. You know you're really great. However, we just think you know we just you know it's not it's not gonna work because I already had I already psyched myself up for failure. I was like, right, this is not gonna work. I was wrong. 
he was like, hey, so we're making a brand new evening show. It's not going to be Gadio Manchester. It's going to be Gadio UK. So now Gadio, I don't know if you know that the Gadio is now split into three sections. So you have Gadio Manchester, you have Gadio Brighton, and you have Gadio London and the UK. Right. So if you listen to Gadio different parts of the UK, you get three different presenters. So I was like, oh my God, this is great. So um, they brought in J Sky, Vicky, Connor, and me, and we were like brand new presenters. And I was like, this is crazy. And then uh, they wrote up this massive thing and this massive press release, and it was just mad. And then I got interviewed on Gadio on Breakfast with Dean, and it was everyone was like, oh my God, Nick, you have an accent. And I was like, how did no one ever notice till now? Jeez, like, have you never heard me speak on my podcast? How are you not missing this? So then, uh, and then I've been doing um, Gadio for, it's actually, this week is my fifth week, I think. So I'm just, I'm just in it a month now. And I'm telling you now, Steve, it has been the absolute world to me. I have loved, every, I've been loving every single second. It is a little, it is a little bit interesting because my show is the same time on as Drag Race. So most of my friends are like, I watch Drag Race first and then tune into you. And I was like, you fake friends, you people. But it's, it's been nice. Apart from that, everyone's been like, you know, really enjoying it and stuff. And it was like, you know, it's nice. And I feel like what I wanted to do with my show was I wanted to, I wanted people to feel, you know, because I'm a very hyper, I'm a very hyper outgoing person. So I wanted to fake that and embrace it and let people know that, you know, I like having fun and just bring a little bit of the, a little bit of my Caribbean island to the radio areas. And I feel like so far I've been doing that. And um, I don't know, I, I'm, this is for me, is what I always wanted and to see that dream come alive. And even though I had so much doors shut in my face and opportunities, for me, I always, I always had, I always wanted more for myself. And I, I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say I, I never had anything handed to me. So everything, everything now is rest been hard work. And the interesting thing is, you might know, people only see the, the end results. No one sees the late nights, the the 10 hundred emails the getting paid for nothing you know literally no one sees that all people see is this end product and they think oh well you know you've made it no i had to climb 1700 ladders to get to the and that's not and this and this is just like a start so because i have a lot i want for my future so far but for now this is my start and i am happy with the end result for now but there is more to go still well hopefully i think i cancel or washed off one of those things but you know let's hope not <laughs> <laughs> i would i've been listening on the thursday evenings i have been one of those people that watches drag race and then tunes in oh, um, you see after after, <laughs> after after this week i'll be watching i'll listen to the whole i know so that'll be good <laughs> yeah so um how so how, how do you go about like creating your show like i i see a lot on your socials like when you're sharing your bops listening to and things that you're oh like, yeah how do I love... you manage to like condense everything that you want into a show every week and then put that out because it must be a really difficult task so you know what uh you know what that's interesting you ask because i i will tell you what i do uh because i know my show is on a thursday on a Monday, I will start. I will. I will see. I will think to myself, what did I watch on television? What's hot at the minute? What I want to talk about, and I use those tools to use those links. And I think if I think something is like 
like a, a hot topic and I feel like I want to talk about it, I will get it in a, 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 a small condensed way and make it make take a personal spin on it. Like, for example, um, I was watching Behind Her Eyes on Netflix and I thought it was awful. <laughs> I'm on the fence with it because the ending's a bit. Oh, the end of the ending is all over the place. I was like, "What is this? This is just mad." And I was like, and I gave my take on that personal take, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have anything bad to say about it. But what I did say was, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Let me know how you feel, kind of thing. And I feel like that, that's that's me saying to you, go watch it. If you feel like it, let me know. If not, we move. So. I kind of use I kind of use topics and I use and I listen to I listen to a lot of radio. So if I know I listen to something early in the day, I'll use it as a link and be like, ah, magic, take that. Like I think it was um I listened to I listened to in another radio station. I can't say who they are because I'll get killed. Um, but I was listening to a lot of radio and I heard someone or the presenter said this and this and this, and I was like, aha, link. So I took that and I made it my own. And it's all about because just a just like any news outlet, there's always news out there. But anything you do, make it your own. And that's when it becomes personal. So I feel like that, for me, that's been my 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 way of interacting with uh, listeners and saying, if I l- hear something or I learn something or I've been, there's a little bit of data, I make it a personal twist and then make it your own and, you know, give people content to the world. So yeah. that's been pretty ace. Yeah. I, I would say that's probably maybe... Um... Maybe you would argue otherwise, but like when you created a platform like that and people build a relationship with you, they trust you and then they invite you to talk on different topics. And I've seen you on um, on Insta, I think it was, with Frontline, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit, a bit about that campaign. Oh, wow. God, that was, you know what, that was, for me, that was such a different thing because, so Frontline reached out to me about working in, working on uh, the men, men, men to care campaign and it's about you know men working in um care and about mass toxic masculinity which is something that you know is very very much um in your face all the time because you know what men we're told we need to be a, a certain way and be the breadwinner and whatnot and because for me coming from a single a single um parent family i know what it's like for you know to be the male figure in a in a family or have someone to look up to and stuff and I thought because of my own personal experiences, I could use that as a platform to discuss this information. And it was so nice um, sitting down with, with Frontline and everyone else on that campaign, just talk, sharing, or sharing their personal experiences because toxic, toxic masculinity could really, is really, really, really ravishing in our community. You know? And it has to be, it, it could be, you could be any gender, straight, gay, let, it could be anything. It really, 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 really ravishes. And I thought, this is something I feel passionate about and something I, you know, hold close to my heart. And when I, when I listened back and I saw myself speaking in that light, for me, it was like, wow, I am really, really doing this. And it really, it, it, and what I wanted for that campaign was to shed light for other people to feel like, you know, if they want to work in the care and the social services, because People think social services are very different. A lot of people don't understand how it works. So I wanted to, you know, sit down with the team and really discuss, you know, issues and how to really push that campaign because we do need more men working in um, the care sector. And I thought me as, you know, as a black man outside from the LGBTQ plus community, I thought I can be a voice of reason. And I hope 
I did that and I hope it inspired someone else so you know when I pick up care work because I think it's really really important and it's it's it the change is happening but we need to there's still more a long way to go so that that was pretty fun yeah I mean it kind of I'm kind of linking this in I'm taking your advice here to um the three words that you gave me to describe your career story so one of them was eye-opening so that's mm-hmm. me like because I've heard like lively bubbly vivacious Nick on the radio and on the podcast and stuff and then saw that and was like oh right okay oh, interesting <laughs> yeah so, um you also gave me fun and informative so why did you choose those three words oh my god I, I'll tell you why I choose eye open because <laughs> because I am a very much a chameleon because you never know where you're going to get. So it's like you get serious Nick one day and the other day you get like fun and interactive. So that for me is an eye opener because people, because it's good to just change the change lanes and people are like, oh my God, you're doing this now? I was like, yeah, this is this is why you need to keep, pay attention because it's eye opening. Like what's going on? Um, fun. I'm a very fun person. I feel like fun has been a factor for me because I grew up in a I grew up in a family where fun was like the thing that brought, brought us together and if I didn't have fun in in life it would just be really boring I don't get me wrong I'm a very serious person when it needs to be but I always like on a morning I wake up and I, have, I sing a song just to start my day like I'll go to the show the first thing and I will sing because it really I'm like a playlist that I listen to every morning. I was like, I sing like songs. So like this morning I was singing, um, oh happy day. And and I could I like she could hear my 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 neighbors like probably thinking, God, there he goes again singing this goddamn song. <laughs> and I was like, yes, because that is how I lift my spirit every morning. Because you know, because this world could be very dark and dull. And if you don't ha- if you if you don't have fun and make it a little bit colorful, it'd be so boring. And uh, what was the other one? Uh, informative, <laughs> informative. Um, yeah. I think um, I always have a lot to say and I always want to inform people and let people know what's happening when it comes to, you know, issues around the world or stuff I find personal to me. Like, um, I, I could be very vocal when it comes to um, things like Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. I always feel like I, because you, when it comes to, to issues like those, I feel like I could talk about my own issues I have to deal with and that that makes it personal. So I'm more like, so I'm thinking instead of my telling my story, I'm more informing people what's happening, what's going on. And I always, I will always want to be like some, I want to inspire someone else. So if I could inform someone what's going on with, you know, other things in the, in the world issues, it don't have to be just Black Lives Matters, anything that I think, you know, needs to be touched on. I want to inform people. I want to let people know. I do I do it with my friends. Like, I'll just send my friends snippets of stuff every day. Be like, oh my God, have you read this? And they're like, oh my God, Nick, I didn't know. And it's like, you see? So that's where, that's where the informative side comes from, to be fair. Nice. Love it. So the other question I asked you was, um, if your career story was a book title, um, you gave me, here we go. My mind yeah. went straight to Mamma Mia. That's probably not what you <laughs> yeah. so Why is here we go the title? Do you know why? Because I used to live in Glasgow, right? And when, really? yeah, and when the Scot, when the Scots get really amped up, it's like, here we, here we, here we go. And I was like, yes, this, and for me, when you see that being chanted in like a club or a pub or whatever, it's just, it's just going off and you're like, oh God. And it's true. So when I, so I used that in my head, I was like, this is what I want my book to be called because I, I am always, I'm always like, for me, the pet, the, the, my foot is always on the gas. So it's like, right, we're going somewhere. We're going to go somewhere with this. So for me, it's like, and that can be used as well. Like when things go wrong, it's like, oh God, here we go. 
So and so I so I use both. I use that statement to you know to work both ways. It could be like for something really positive or really negative. It's like oh god. So that is why I thought. Because it, it blends well with what I have to say. Because some days I'm like, oh, God, here we go again. Like when I'm talking about Karen, J. Karen Rowling, that woman who I despise, well, we all, most of us despise. Like when I talk about her, and I was like, oh, God, here we go again with this this woman, this mess. Or if I'm be like, uh, like if Dua Lipa is like singing a song, like, oh, yes, here we go. She's about to kill it. So that's why I used here we go as a statement to really publicize myself. I should get on. I should really get on teaching and put trademark by Nick Charles. I'll probably get sued by the whole of Scotland, though. But oh well. <laughs> well, they'd know where to find you as well, wouldn't they? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> God, knocking on Gadio's door. <laughs> right. Okay. So, um, final question for you before we wrap up, Nick. So, what would be the career advice that you would give the listeners? Oh, I will give listeners my personal advice. Always leave space, always leave space in life for disappointment because I think that's really important. I feel like you're like, it's very much easy to have dreams and, you know, aspirations. It's very easy for them to be shut in your face and shut down and, you know, really, really put you in a horrible place. But always leave space for disappointment because it means that sometimes your expectations are all the way, all the way up there. But when it, when you, when you get, when it gets, you know, um, disheartened you you don't have that space where you didn't leave space to be disappointed and then you just end up in a really awful place so my advice is it's, I think it's something I learned from my nan as well she always said to me she's like you always have to leave space for disappointment because you know life could really and I feel like that could be said for what the the, the times we live in now because I feel like we didn't leave space for disappointment we were always we lived in a world where we were always busy always going and you know we didn't leave any space for what might happen. And when it did happen, we didn't know how to cope because we're so used to being being set in our ways and stuff. And when it happened, this whole pandemic, we that way we all struggled um, so much because we're so used to doing things our way. We didn't really stop and think what, because in reality, we never know. We we always been a society where we're like, oh, that can never happen to us. Because I remember watching watching the news and stuff and seeing this happen. It was like, oh, not gonna happen here and it did and i was like oh my god how am i gonna cope with this so that could be said so that statement for me has always been you know something i hold close to my heart and it's always it's really been a a cushion for for me when it comes to my my career path well because i i always i always leave space for disappointment here's the reason why i didn't get butthurt too much when it when things didn't go wrong right for me because i always had the idea like if it don't work out it's fine you know i did i did what i can do so that's my personal advice to be fair excellent right thank you so much for um spending time with me oh no worries at all and thank you to you my lovely listeners for joining nick and i today don't forget to subscribe review and share i'll be back with another career story next week bye for now